small risk with this one, simply because I'm probably going to be talking, I don't want to say not the best, but not the greatest, you know, I just, this is one of those films that's just, like, very much renowned to a lot of big horror movie buffs, a lot of big, big names and or not even just being just fans altogether of the horror movie genre. This is a very big movie for a lot of them, simply because it's uh, Dario Argento, and he's one of the, if not the best horror Italian film director, screenplay writer that has come out of Italy, I guess you can say. And he's also the same man who's behind uh, another film called um, Suspiria, which is actually the sequel to this film. So the thing about this is that this is the first of a trilogy. And the funny thing is, is that this film came out in uh, 19... Oh, wait, no. 1980. Yeah, this is 1980, so Suspiria is before this. So this is the sequel to Suspiria, which came out in 1977. Then the final third film doesn't come out again until 2007. So long gap between these films. I have not seen Mother the the third film uh, titled Mother of Mother of Tears. It is on a list of films I want to watch, but I have not seen that one yet. I have seen both uh, the actual Suspiria from 1977 as well as the remake from 2018, and I happen to love both of those films equally. And I'll probably do another entry about those this month. But what I do want to talk about is Inferno. Now, Inferno, like I said, is a film that's from 1980 by uh, Dario Argento. He is very much a renowned filmmaker in the horror genre because of like what he's brought to the table. And now you're talking, this is prolific 70s and 80s horror stuff. This is stuff that was still creating the genre, still pushing the sort of boundaries of certain things that were that other directors and screenplay writers were trying to do, create something that stood out. Now, a lot of his work is very much Italian and wasn't made for a wider audience outside of Italy. But during the late 70s and early 80s, he started coming over here with more things. He also has um, another film called Tenebrae uh, that's very popular. I haven't seen that one yet either. It is on a list I want to watch. Now, I've been aware of Suspiria. That's, again, I enjoy that film more so than this one, Inferno. But um, what I do know is that this was one of those films that was talked a lot about in the In Search of Darkness uh, documentary, which was a Shudder original. So now In Search of Darkness also opened my eyes to a lot of these other films, which is why they're all on my list, including Inferno. And I'm trying to see if maybe I can do a couple of these during this Halloween season and adding those to like make entries for and do some like sort of synapses, synapses on them. But now I come across, you know, a very tough spot because I don't know, maybe maybe Inferno is just one of those films that was overly hyped to me because of the documentary. Maybe it's overly hyped because I'm expecting a lot out of it being the sequel to Suspiria. And again, I love and adore both regular, I shouldn't say regular, but both original Suspiria and um, the remake of Suspiria. They're both really, really good films, and the, and the remake is very well done to make it more modernized and still, like, stick to the roots of the story. If the plan was of that one was to kind of redo the trilogy because of the long gaps between the first two and the final part of the trilogy, 
I'm all for that, but I haven't heard anything about a remake of this film, and I don't know if they ever will do it. However, I will say that there are points of this that it just... I don't want to say it's like it, it screams 80s kind of nonsensical story and plot points. Like, in the overall archy of what these stories are trying to tell, which is the story of the Three, mother, the three Mothers, which is um, what the, the trilogy is called. It's called the Three Mothers Trilogy. And what it's meant to tell is these three high-ranking witches and the story of how they're kind of, like, brought down from being, you know from being from doing evil and like their 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 mansions that were built by this uh this grand architect for um his ability to kind of in inwoven the supernatural powers that these witches would need into his architecture that's the point of the three mothers and each of these films is supposed to be kind of the downfall of each individual witch um you get that right off the bat sort of with suspiria because that's very much a film that gives you the the foundation to know yes this is about something that's very suspicious this is has something to do with somebody who's controlling the the building and the atmosphere and it all takes place in this dance school and you can tell that there's things going on with the girls and it's all it's all very at least to me it all seems very well balanced now you have the sequel where it's this weird step-by-step motion of very odd circumstances happening so like you have the intro of the main girl the main girl shows up her name is rose and she shows up and she's like reading about the three mothers and she's like i think i live in that building where one of the mothers exists and she's like i have to try to find whatever it is that i need to be looking for so she goes down in the basement and then she like drops her apartment keys down a hole that's like filled with water. And she's like, okay, I guess I have to jump in this hole fully clothed to get my apartment keys. And then she's just exploring this underground area that's just a room completely flooded out under the building. And she discovers a dead body, loses her mind, goes back up, and then writes this whole letter to her brother who's in like New York. So she, she's in like... Uh, france or rome or italy or something so she writes a letter to her brother in new york and it's like you have to come here i think i found one of the three mothers and the brother's like i mean i guess but before he gets out there the sister just dies she gets totally murdered and then the brother's out there like i wonder where my sister is and then he's also trying to now figure out what's going on in the building because it is leading up to this idea that the building is you know you don't get a great vibe from everything you don't get this idea that you're in a place that doesn't have some sort of negative atmosphere and him being that he's looking for his sister that's his motivation to kind of explore more and try to really understand what it is that is happening within the building and with its tenants almost now the other thing is that it's very difficult to kind of place who everybody is and then even when like i guess the big twist happens later on at the end of the film I didn't feel I didn't feel like it gave me enough. I mean again, maybe it's just my my unfortunate brain being, you know, not growing up with this and not seeing it until very much when it's old and outdated and it's a 40-year-old film. So maybe I was a little too close-minded or a little a little too open-minded and I didn't see it, but there's really no general connection with any of the other characters. 
there's this main landlord or landlady who seems to be helpful but then there's a scene that's like she really isn't so is she part of it it makes sense she's part of it the witch is meant to be in control of this whole building then there's a nurse that's helping this old gentleman in a wheelchair you don't really see a lot of them and then out of nowhere the nurse pops up and it's like oh yeah i'm i'm also helping the landlady with things that aren't the old man in the wheelchair and then the twist essentially is that the nurse is the witch the entire time. At least that's how I, I I saw it. And I do also understand that a lot of what made this film big is visuals. So the visuals are there, but the character development just isn't 100% what I guess you are expecting. Especially when you come to the idea that this is the sequel to another very successful film. Probably successful enough that when you're talking about these three movies as a whole, not only is the third part... It doesn't come until 25 plus years after the fact, but only the first one has ever been spoken about when it comes to doing a remake. And I don't know what the ratings are for the remake, but I really appreciated what they did with it. And I hope that if somebody does pick this up to kind of continue on this, you know, Three Mothers trilogy reboot, they do justice to Inferno as far as character creation and character understanding. And just, I mean, I also got to say that I appreciate when. You know, you, you kind of have very little time to sort of get attached to a character because something is going to happen and something does happen really, really quick. But when one of the main characters dies so soon, like, and I'm not saying it's so soon that it's almost on a level of like Drew Barrymore in Scream or um, what's this actress's name in Psycho? I, I, I can't remember her name now, but the the, the Psycho film that became, that like put like Alfred Hitchcock on the map, like. We're talking like this has not not been done before, but there's a way to do it and there's a pattern for it that sort of makes it make sense. And for some reason, when Rose dies, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And maybe it's because the synapses of the film expresses that a, a brother and sister try to bring down, you know, the, the evil in, a, in like an apartment building and whatnot. But the, the sister's dead, so it's really just the brother doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's like one of those things where you're expecting if one of them's going to die, okay, maybe it happens during the second act or the third act. It's it's like mid first act and the sister not only is doing shit without waiting for her brother, but then she's just done and dead. She she gets murdered. She gets murdered. A friend of the brother gets murdered. This other chick that the 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 brother befriends in the house gets murdered. Who else gets murdered? I believe even if and that's the other thing. There's a part there's a part where the nurse and the landlady are sort of working together and then the thing that's killing everybody else winds up killing the landlady. So it's like are they really working together? What what role did the landlady play that this matters in some way? Then there's a really weird death where apparently they had a bunch of stray cats that lived the, not even just the stray cats. There's, there's at least two really weird deaths in this film. And a lot of the deaths are dumb, but weird is a completely different scenario. So there's a scene where the late there's a lady who's trying to help the brother figure out what's going on. There was a, it was a lady that had befriended his sister, and she wants to know, where is Rose? I haven't spoken to Rose in so long. We have to find out what happened to her. So she's trying to help, and what happens is she gets chased up into the friggin' attic, and in the attic, they've been feeding stray cats, like, raw meat. So the stray cats, that's how they survive. 
So apparently that's enough for them to turn like animalistic to the point where they swarm the lady and eat her alive, which is also weird because no joke, I'd fucking start hitting cats on walls and kicking cats across the room. Like it's not like it's a small amount of cats, but it's not like 2000 cats. Like it's like two dozen cats. Like, start punching some cats, but no, apparently this lady just accepts her fucking fate of death by tiny mouth. Like, just a dozen, like, um, cat mouths, and it's just, yeah, I'm just gonna die, and I'm just gonna flail and not defend myself. It's just so dumb. And there's another one where there's a dude who owns, like, a pawn shop, and that's where there's kind of this, um... Uh, antique book that the sister gets and the sister gets this book and she's trying to like have like a conversation with this guy and the guy's always made fun of because he's sort of a gip he has he has a limp so he walks with canes so he is walking and he's not the best of like side character he doesn't really care what anybody else is doing didn't care about the sister didn't care about the brother he's also not part of anything that has to do with what's going on in the hotel, because he goes to them and he's like, there's too many stray cats, and we have to do something about it. And they don't really give a shit, so he's like, okay, I'm gonna do something about it. So what does he do? He starts, like, grabbing cats off the street and tossing them in, like, a sack, to the point where he has, like, I don't know, maybe ten of them in a sack, and then he walks them to a river to try to drown them. But they're floating and not sinking. So then he walk. Then he picks up the bag and he decides, I'm going to walk it deeper to see if I can get it deeper. And then he, like, trips and falls. And he can't get up because he needs canes. So while he's trying and struggling to get up, all of a sudden he starts getting eaten by rats. Like, this is the first time you've seen, like, swarms of rats. But for some reason it's enough that, yet yeah, we're going to make this the plot point of how this character dies. So he's screaming and he's hollering, and then all of a sudden there's this, like, food truck or something that's on the other side of, like, the park he's in, where he found the river and he was trying to drown the cats. And he hear the the um, the um food truck guy hears him screaming. And so here he comes running out, so I'm like, okay, I guess the food truck guy is going to try to save him. Maybe they both die, or maybe this is, you know, maybe he doesn't make it in time. I don't know. I don't know what this food truck guy is there for. But then essentially he just kind of shows up and then he just stabs the, the guy in the neck. Like there's no rhyme or reason to why he gets stabbed by the food truck guy. And then that's it. He's just dead in the sewer drain and he starts getting eaten by the rats. It just, it doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. And I know I'm probably going to get really shunned for talking about this movie that's a classic that everybody really praised for it being this 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 visual masterpiece and i'm not gonna lie there's colors there's filmatography there's so much that's part of what makes this film really good that take that you could take away from the script the script is caca the, the script is straight hot garbage but the visual effects the the the, the directing the lighting the ambiance everything else is really on point with this but we're not just watching this film for that it's like the film drive the film drive has a very small script. It's very much about its visual effects, the the atmosphere it creates with its with the uh, music choices and its and its score and its tension building. That's the atmosphere that's created. That's what this is sort of doing. But the problem is that a film like Drive still has a good story to kind of back up all of that stuff to make the ambiance matter. 
And for some for some reason, my heart can't give this any sort of praise for its story. And it's very upsetting because I am looking forward to finally sitting down with Mother of Tears. And then I'm probably going to watch the two Suspiria movies again. And I'm going to probably feel that the two Suspiria films and maybe Mother of Tears are probably a little bit better story-wise than Inferno. But Inferno is still good to watch if you're looking for like an 80s film that wasn't just B-rated quality with everything else. Like if you're talking like a film is made up of five different things. It's made up of script and acting and and cinematography and visual effects and sound if you're talking all of those inferno knocks at least four of those things out of the park but one big thing is like story like the story just isn't 100 polished enough for me to say that it's something that sort of matters and it's also hard for me because i do feel like there's something about the story that's I forgot where I read it, but something about the story is rooted in Greek mythology. It's something about the three mothers and their their names have some correlation to Greek words and they are connected to Greek mythology in some way. Now, whatever that is, I might look up a little bit more so I can talk a little bit more about it for like when I do maybe a Mother of Tears entry or a Suspiria entry. But for what it's worth right now, Suspiria being the foundation builder is still way, way better to me than Inferno. And Inferno, for what it's worth, isn't isn't something... I'm not going to rewatch it. I'll tell you that shit. I'm not going to sit down and say, oh my goodness, I haven't seen Inferno in so long, I'm going to need to rewatch it. No, I'm not going to have that feeling like I do about Suspiria. Sorry, Dario Argento. Sorry to the rest of the horror community. I just wasn't exposed to it i guess at an earlier enough time to show my appreciation for it but i do i do still take the time to sit down and go back and try to make them part of my my uh, my catalog so i know what these films are and i can actually speak about these films in the right fashion but i i, I have to say i was very much looking forward to something something else from everything i heard that was good about this and I just want, I don't want to say I was let down, but I do feel a little let down. And I don't necessarily blame that on the film itself. I just maybe blame that on possibly my own expectations. But what are you going to do?